Welcome to How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days, the podcast where we talk about the opinions of old people and young people, from fair wages, carbon zero, sheen halls, and everything else in between. Welcome back to How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days. My name is Holly. And I'm Sandy. And today we're going to be talking about brain drain. Brain drain. Yes, we've been seeing brain drain a lot in headlines recently, specifically due to a new policy that's been like flying around about how New Zealand citizens can get significantly easier access to Australian citizenship. Previously, you had to go through um, a number of different visas and stay in the country for a certain amount of time um, in order to get Australian citizenship. But these days, if you're a New Zealand citizen and you just reside in Australia for about four years, then you automatically get given citizenship. And this is going to, you know, supposedly call or, you know, worsen what we know as a brain drain. So we're going to tell you a little bit about it. Yeah. So the way this episode is going to work is we're going to tell you what the brain drain is. Just a, a bit of back and forth about that. Then look at the different parties about policies about dealing with brain drain, particularly focus on doctors and nurses, and then just sort of have a bit of a have a bit of a chat, have a bit of a chat, yeah. yeah. At the end, see what it is. Yeah. Um. So, what is a brain drain, Sandy? Explain it to us. Okay. So basically, the idea is is that there are some countries that have higher standards of living, higher wages, better healthcare systems, better education systems than others. Hmm. So obviously, they're better places, they're more nice places to live. Hmm. So now, if you live in a country with a worse standard of living, right, where you don't have such a good healthcare system, where you don't have such good education you are often going to be inclined to want to move to another country, particularly if you speak the same language mm. or like you've got like some sort of cultural connections. So what this means is you have people from the, like these poorer countries trying to get to richer countries or countries with better standards of living. But at the same time, like the countries who, you know, have these better standards of living, they don't want everyone coming up, right? They don't want everyone showing up. They just want really high skilled workers. Mm. So what you actually have happening is that in these poorer countries, lower standard of living, you have these workers who are really skilled leaving because they're the only ones that these other countries will accept leaving behind everybody else. So what happens is this immigration just takes the cream of the crop. Yeah. All of our really intelligent, smart, qualified people, like in New Zealand from different areas, end up going to Australia and leaving us behind. Yeah, because there was this great article in the paper about someone who was working for the Auckland Transport. I think they were mm. in charge of like overseeing it. And the exact same job, they were offered a job in Australia, the exact same job, twice the rate, twice the, the twice the salary. I took it and left. Yeah, I was I was listening on the radio as well, and there was the same with like a military general because I think this kind of extends somewhat to like the military as well. So New Zealand military people can just go over and get the same jobs. And there was somebody who was fairly high up in the military, and they were just like, "Yeah, I just I plan on actively seeking out a contact with the Australian military." Yeah. So basically, it, it's happened here in New Zealand. Yes, but like it's also important to acknowledge, acknowledge that it goes both ways as well. So we do lose a lot of people from New Zealand to Australia, but also we do take people from other countries as well. Like New Zealand has specifically high retention rates for people from um, like Africa, from uh, Asia generally, and the Middle East as well. And the, arguably, with brain drain, there's like there is sort of like a moral issue with it because you're like these con- like the countries like who have this immigration, like you're stealing the high skilled workers from usually have worse standards of living. They're usually poorer. So these people, these high-skilled workers you're taking from them, they've put a lot of resources into training them up and building the facilities they need to get become skilled. Mm. And then you're taking them away and they can't actually <laughs> help their country in return. It's so, a moral dilemma, but, you know, the world is the world. What can yeah. you do to fix it? And, like, we just need more doctors. We need more nurses. And if it's yeah. the way it works, it works. But exactly. There definitely is some moral questions about about that. Yeah, yeah. So going back to this new policy that everyone's been chatting about, which is the Australian citizenship policy, some people are saying, look, we don't need to worry about more people going over to Australia because it's easy for them to get citizenship. And some people are saying we should worry very strongly about this. I think that I'm kind of in the camp of, I think we should worry. I think that it just does make it easier. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, basically, let's. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess we should sort of explain that, right? We should go and delve into that a little bit. So, I guess the main arguments as to why this policy is going to increase brain drain is it's <laughs> just going to make it nicer to be a New Zealand citizen in Australia. Yeah. Because, like it or not, and like previously, if you were a New Zealand citizen in Australia and you weren't an Australian citizen or permanent resident, you had a pretty rough time. Because Australia takes really good care of you if you're a citizen or you're a permanent resident. Yeah, you get like, you get really good health care. You, you get really good health care. You get all this sort of good, great stuff. But the but if you're not, if you're just on a visa, you're left to fend for yourself. Pretty much, it's so it's it's a really hard if you get into a like any any sort of trouble or like financially or like mm, health wise. Mm. You got no government backup. Up. Yeah, well, I mean, the government will give you some stuff, but nowhere near the support because it's citizens. Yeah, exactly. So as a result, you have this. It makes it harder for New Zealanders to be like, yeah, I really enjoy living in Australia because they're always treated like second class citizens. Yeah. But that being said, there was an article that we were reading before, which was like, it basically just made the argument that like, even though it was bad beforehand, people already did it. So then you don't need to be worried because people are going to do it with or without this new policy. But I just think that just makes it actively worse. Like if you have like, it was like three quarters of a million people moved from New Zealand to Australia. That's like what, twice the size of Wellington? Like yeah. <laughs> they moved to Australia without the good policy. And now you're making it easier for people. I think you're just going to see a sharp increase because if you're like a family of four, right? And I don't know, say your husband gets offered a really nice high paying job in Australia. Previously, you were less inclined to take it because Australia, you know, did didn't give like free healthcare and you were worried about your kids or whatever. But now if that all is way more likely to be covered for you, then like there are like little to no downsides. So people who do get these offers are just even more inclined to go. So I I, I think that it'll just make it worse. That's my yeah. take. No, I agree. And I think there's also somebody who said for like, I, I can imagine like just going over there for a couple of years. Mm. Like I, I, my, my major concern is that it's just going to encourage people to stay in, in Australia forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a lot, like a lot of people, it's it's been a New Zealand tradition for a long time to go in like an OA, right? To go and take a couple of years off, travel the world, go work in another country for mm. a while, right? Usually Britain, but like all over. Mm. And I guess if you have a chance of getting citizenship like really soon after, like theoretically completing an OA, mm. you might just stay in that country and you might just settle down there and never come back. Yeah, exactly. So I guess there's like in my mind there's a real risk that maybe we won't see more people leaving, but we'll see less people coming back. Yeah, I think just both. I think more people will leave, and also less people will come back. I just think it will be overall bad. So that's just not very good. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> sort of moving on into like a tangible, right? Like, what does this actually look like? A really good example is doctors and nurses. Yeah, we we specifically kind of saw this within the COVID crunch of like all of our health systems failing. So we just physically didn't have enough doctors and nurses to run it people were waiting in like horrific like had, had like horrific wait time sorry um and you know what i mean just like we didn't have enough beds because we just didn't have enough capacity because we didn't have enough people working and w- nurses were working horridly long shifts um yeah which is so terrible so like that's an example of where we've seen it really hit crunch time where new zealand's been like oh no we need to actually do something about this because like more people are objectively dying if you have less nurses able to like take care of them right and like i guess to put it in perspective new zealand in the country right now has roughly eighteen thousand trained doctors and who are like registered to practice. Mm. I'm sure we have more who aren't, but like, and who are retired and stuff. But we have like 18,000 doctors who are like registered to practice. Mm. We also have 3,000 doctors, give or take, that are either in New Zealand or like elsewhere in the world who are also still mm. registered to practice in New Zealand. So roughly uh, roughly 10% of our doctors yeah. are overseas, Ooh. which is quite a lot. More than that. Maybe. Well, 18,000. I'm really yeah. bad at it's, maths. Maybe it's not. Like, it's, it's, like, okay, it's like maybe like 11%. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that is quite a large portion of our doctors. Yeah, yeah. 
overseas. If we if we could if we could keep them, it would be really good. <laughs> yeah, but as Holly was talking about earlier, there's a chance that this policy just sort of encourages more of them to leave. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Because I think something like eighty percent of all our nurses since August have registered to practice in Australia, and obviously, obviously, like not all of them are going to leave. But like even if a decent chunk of them leave, if you're policy, if you're if you're like, actively registering to work in Australia, it's not a good sign, right? Like yeah. you're obviously considering moving there. Well, you might just be moving there for a year or something, but like <laughs> still, exactly. Still. So there is sort of that concern that we're going to lose more of our skilled workforce, particularly when it comes to like healthcare. Yes, very much so. the government thinks this is bad i think everybody thinks this is a bad thing normally i i I haven't heard any odd takes i think brain drain is good so the government has current currently like some kind of immigration policy to try and deal with this we'll kind of talk about that a little bit so firstly we have what are called green list jobs which means that people from overseas um who are in certain fields find it easier to get like residency um or citizenship in New Zealand. Um, so if you're on a green list job, like the, the major ones at the moment are jobs in like um, healthcare, trades, IT, engineers, and like agriculture seem to be like the main ones. Um, so if you, you know, work in specific fields or do certain jobs within those those areas, you're able to get residency like immediately or only after two years of working here, which is significantly um, faster than other people who just try to move to New Zealand. And sort of rationale for that is we want to make it as easy as possible for people who yes. can do these things to come here. Like we want to make it yes. as simple as possible because mm. if we're having people leave, we want to actually like, like, like we have people coming in as well. Yes. Um, and we also have like incentives to try and keep people who have studied in New Zealand working in New Zealand. That looks like if you're a student, you know how if you go overseas for more than six months, you start getting taxed. On your student or, loan. No, no not, not taxed. You get you have to pay interest on your interest, student yeah. loan, um, which is, is I'm not. Interest rate? It's not that much. It's fairly reasonable, but it's still enough to think that people will try and stay in New Zealand as opposed to going overseas. Yeah, it's currently two point nine percent. Two point nine percent. So yes, yeah, so if yeah. you so if you if you if you live and remain in the country for more than like less than six months, no interest. Like, so if you're like li- like if you're living in New Zealand full time, no interest. But the moment you go overseas, you start paying a little bit of interest on that. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of incentivizes people to stay in New Zealand. Also, just specifically in regards to like nurses, midwives, and doctors, we have what's called like a voluntary bonding policy that exists. Yeah, and the sort of idea here is that it want to encourage people in these sort of fields to get into particular jobs or like to go to particular communities, particularly rural communities where it's like particularly underfunded. Underfunded. There's not a lot of people who want to like move to the rural communities because like they want to live in the city and have all those amenities and stuff that's, that's mm. a whole story and we'll talk about that probably some other episode mm. we need to start noting this down every time we say that i know okay but basically the idea is is that you can sign up for the scheme and you say i will work in this field or this area for three years and after those three years if you're still there the government will pay you eight and a half thousand dollars if you remain there for another year you get an extra two thousand eight hundred and you get another 2800 for the year after. Yeah. So altogether you get something like $14,000 mm. by working in this community. So the idea is, is that the government's trying to incentivize people who come straight out of medical school to settle down for a while. Yeah. Because exactly. $14,000 is nothing to be sneezed at. Oh, no. I would. I would. I think I would have a lot fewer issues if I just had $14,000. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> the perks of studying an arts degree. <laughs> 
But yes, so so those, so those are the kind of things that we have in place at the moment. We have greenless jobs to try and get people from overseas to come in. We have, um, you know, overseas um, interest on student loans to keep people in the country. And we also have policies that try and keep, you know, nurses and um, important essential workers in our most vulnerable communities as well. So that's kind of what we have at the moment. But it's obviously not having the desired effect because we're still losing a bunch of people and so suffering in certain areas to a higher degree. Skill shortage. Skill shortage. What do different parties think about this? What do they plan to do? Because everybody's kind of labelled this as like a pretty high priority issue. Yeah. Just before we get in here, I just like to like sort of, I guess, have a, a very brief just a reminder that it when, you, when you're dealing with policy like this, it can be quite hard to get it right. Right, and this is true. Big, there's, there's a lot of these parties. They don't want to pe- convince people to not go overseas because oftentimes people going overseas for like a year or two mean they get good skills they wouldn't always be able to get here. Hmm. So there is an argument to be made for immigration. So these people are trying, like these parties, are trying to balance this immigration, um, like benefits with mm. the um brain drain. We're trying to, so that's why, it's, yeah. that's why when you're listening to this, you might be like, huh, I could do it way better. Just think about that for us, like a little bit while we're talking about policies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, and and like. Additionally to that, you don't want to bring too many people into your country because the government currently struggles to like help the people that we already have. So you need to have the balance between bringing enough people in to sustain your economy and not kind of like overdoing it. So then we're not capable of like supporting everybody that is in our country. So let's get into firstly the National Party. Their main policy that they have recently released um, is actual incentives for nurses and doctors to stay in New Zealand. So this policy isn't really a new policy per se. It's just kind of an increased and expanded version of almost like the voluntary bond- bonding policy that we just told you about. So um, any nurses or midwives that study in New Zealand and if they stay in New Zealand for the first like five years of their career, they get paid up to like $4,500 each year um, that like goes towards paying off their student loan. So it's really, really good if you're a nurse and uh, under national, you could stay in the country and you get like like over $22,000 at most off your student loan um, if you if you worked here. Do you know how they calculate that? Is it based on like... I don't know. They haven't really specified. They've just said up to... So I don't know whether it's like a proportion of your degree or something. Maybe if you're living in Auckland. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they will divide it by like different communities or whatever. Yeah. Who needs it the most? But that's their main thing. So instead of it being specifically around like communities it's mostly just like if you stay in New Zealand and work as a nurse we will give you some really good benefits additionally to that they they have like just refused to say whether or not they would pay nurses more which I think is a really big thing like all of the nurses and all the nurse unions are just like we just want more pay that is the main thing please better working conditions but like you know what I mean that just comes with more pay so we have more nurses we have better working conditions well it's not just more nurses it is just also better like yes yes but you can just get better working conditions if you don't have to work like well, 12 just, yeah. hour shifts each and day of course you can always get better working conditions if you move overseas to australia so which, true. Is, and it, which is one of the reasons why we lose so many so true um but yeah so national it seems like they would be unwilling to pay nurses more but they will give them incentives to stay in new zealand in the form of like um student loans so so instead of uh, sorry student loan you know cost reduction so you probably get it was that they end up with maybe like twelve thousand to fourteen thousand currently if you go into like this voluntary bonding process under nationals policy you you would get an extra amount of money so it's i don't know i'm bad at maths i think it was twenty two thousand. yeah you get twenty two thousand. so what's the difference quick maths yeah. go oh. it, the difference is between 10 like eight and ten thousand dollars 
pretty decent. Yeah. I wouldn't and, sneeze at that. And it applies to everyone as well. So it, it is it is quite a nice chunk of change. Nice chunk of change. So that's the national policy. Um, yeah. But so like it, it arguably is... that money could just be used to increase pay, which also just incentivizes more people to become nurses. Yeah. I mean, I guess their focus is more on getting people to like into the workforce and like staying there, like getting people into the workforce. Mm. Whereas, um, yeah, but like instead of focusing on just keeping existing talent. Mm. So there's there's definitely a trade-off there that they, they choose and go for like the new people rather than keeping the other people around. Keeping the old people. Yeah, true. Um, so then we get into labour. So their policy, they've got a couple of different things going on. First thing they want to attract more skilled workers back to health. So pay, so nurses that like ha, like have studied nursing but are no longer practicing. So they're making it easier for them to re-register by giving them like up to five thousand dollars um to like help them re-register themselves and like get back into nursing. I think there is a proportion of people who start nursing and then realize that like it's really not you know. Or maybe they were just going through some family stuff at the time and these couldn't. Yeah, but I I actually just think it's way more likely that people get into nursing and go, I'm paid really poorly and do a horrendous (laughs) amount of work and I don't want to do this for my entire life because that's the main issue, right? Sure, Um, but then they start feeling like, oh, maybe I should have done that for the rest of their life and they start feeling the guilt, so... That's true, but I don't know. I feel like the people who feel morally obliged to become a nurse will probably do it regardless of the pay if that's the one thing that's going to determine whether or not they're into nursing. Um, Basically, the idea is to get these people who are like trained as nurses on the fence and to incentivize them to come back by paying them $5,000 to like... Help them with re-registration costs. Yeah, and just to help them like maybe like relocating or like just mm. just getting back up to speed for a second. Yeah. So that's for New Zealand nurses. In terms of international um, nurses, they or like doctors in general, they're making it supposedly easier and cheaper for international health workers to have their qualifications recognised in New Zealand. Um, so that means that they can start working sooner and they can provide them with up to $10,000 um, for, for like New Zealand nurse registration costs covering, you know, salaries or like training courses and all of that jazz to try and get people to come and work as, in healthcare in New Zealand. And whereas for um, overseas doctors, they're proposing basically covering the salaries for the hospitals don't need to, mm. while uh, doctors are going through their training and basic induction courses. Basically make it make, mean the hospitals are more inclined to go recruit overseas as well. Yes. And private good. hospitals too, I imagine. Yeah. I think that that's good. But like, as I say, I think that I'm not sure. Feel free to criticize my ideas. But I just I think that a lot of these could simply just be improved by increasing the pay because by increasing the pay, more people will want to work and not like leave the nursing profession. Right. I mean, yeah, it, there is. I agree about increasing the pay, but there is definitely some cost hurdles when it comes to like moving here. Like, mm, oh, for if, sure, if, for if, sure. If, if then, if I think that they're good. But if you're having to pay, if you're having to pay ten thousand dollars to cover overseas nurse registration costs, right? I don't think a lot of people have like who are playing on moving countries have like ten grand burning a hole in their pocket if they also have to buy like like yeah. pay for, like like all the travel, all the like shipping, and mm. like move their entire life. So I think there's definitely something to be said for like giving people, meaning that people they don't need the financial cushion to move to another country yeah for sure i like i do think that's really good but i think my point is more like i think that's like a secondary thing that you do i think that people's even if you do give them ten thousand dollars to relocate to new zealand or whatever if that's not a sustainable lifestyle because nurses don't get paid enough to sustain like the cost of living in new zealand then they're still not going to move here no matter if you give them the ten thousand dollar relocation cost so i think firstly you need to make sure that they're paid enough um to like value the work that they're doing but then secondarily you should give them that extra money to try and incentivize them to move yeah no there is definitely a case a really strong case we made that nurses and doctors and just healthcare staff in general should be paid more yes especially given and if you've listened to our episodes about like the minimum wage and stuff like 
a lot of these nurses and doctors haven't received, you know, like a massive pay rise. For in, many years. For many years. And for a lot of them, that means they've essentially been getting a pay cut for like, you know, the last 10 years. To account for inflation. <clears throat> True. Well, that kind of leads us to the Green Party policy. The Green Party policy is simply pay nurses more. <laughs> That's like, I can't really find much else. It's literally just we support nurses' challenges for pay equity. Well, I mean, I suppose they probably support the nurses' <clears throat> unions negotiating. Yes, they don't that is what they... to expect. Yes. Yeah. Um, that that is what they want. They just say we support the nurses' unions campaigning for higher pay, whatever that may be. We think they should be valued more strongly, which I think is a good baseline to set for. If, you, if you're if you saying that like workers are essential and really, really valuable and then don't pay them to match that, that causes a problem, right? What do you mean? The um the, the, the cashier at um, New World is my essential worker. I'm paying that man less, like just slightly above minimum wage. Thank you very much. Potentially. Essential but, workers. But, nurse, <laughs> but nurses also just go through like years years of training to be qualified yeah no i i, I fully agree that nurses should be paid more i was just sort of taking the first there. <laughs> yeah um so then we get to the maori party um the maori party don't have a specific like nursing or healthcare thing like we've previously been discussing but just more generally for students studying in new zealand to, to kind of make them stay in new zealand um they want to write off the living cost component of all student loans and they w- want to work towards writing off the total student loan for all students who like work in New Zealand for a period of five years. So if you graduate university and work for five years in New Zealand under the Māori Party, if they were in government, sorry, if, like if they had the majority, um, you would not have to pay a student loan, ideally. It is a lovely idea. I just imagine. I just it don't think it's cost so easily. Yeah, yeah. I just watch me max out my student debt, put it all in the stock market. And some literally, I think I think that's so. I like I. I I think we should have positive opinions of young people, but I also just know that young people are inclined to like spend two hundred dollars at Dakota when they go there because they get that's too just drunk. You. It's not me. That's <laughs> you. Bestie, I would never. <laughs> never. Shady lady, on the other hand, is much more cost effective. <laughs> but yeah, I think the point being that young people suffer currently because they don't, can't afford some things and I think that we should bump it up so they can afford things like rent and food and stuff but I think that if you just give them unlimited student loans I think that, that causes problems because I don't because I think that students well, also just like luxuries right? Well student loans do cap out a certain value hmm? you can't you can only borrow a maximum in your student loan every year yeah yeah I know but also if students are working on top of that that's why you have like student allowance the student allowance and the Maori party second part of their policy is to have a universal student allowance for everybody right so that adds extra money onto it and I think that students like a lot of students are somewhat capable of working a balancing study and they do do that and then have extra money and then go and spend it on really nice things because who doesn't want nice things that's a totally reasonable thing to want <laughs> So yeah, I think I, I think that's a I, I I agree with the writing off the cost of like living component. I think that's somewhat reasonable because I think that is like a really big struggle for students. But I think writing off an entire student loan or you, you know like writing off all of it as opposed to one aspect of it is um potentially a problem. Do you have any thoughts on that? Zander? I mean, okay, I'm trying to think about the maximum student loan would be right because you can only get student loan to pay for seven years mm. in total. I think per week you can get a maximum of like about $280, like just over. Let's do some quick math. Quick math. Quick math. $100,000. Yeah. All right. So basically... The government's enti- prepared. Yeah. Like the Maori Party's proposing writing up, like writing off up to... $100,000. Of student loan, which is a lot of money. 
per student as well. That is yeah, a but lot I mean, of money. I guess I guess the, the rationale for it is just like you make saying things so much more accessible. You so many more people will go to uni, so yeah. you have so many more qualified people. Yeah, and also you sort of heavily incentivize people to stay in the country. Yeah, like if you're offering me a hundred grand to stay in the country, I am taking that That's money so and I am running. But like, uh, like we say, it's a lot of money, but. Um, in terms of like like fee costs, if we're talking about that aspect of it, a bunch of countries in Europe just have free university education, and that's just a thing that's expected in a lot of European countries. Um, like Germany, I know is one of them. Um, I think Belgium does it too. France does it to an extent. Yeah, I think in France um, they do it. Like it's like expense. Like it's not like, not expensive. Yeah, it's just like really but like cheap. The, but like the point being, maybe it isn't that infeasible because it is actually a policy that they have in a bunch of countries is to have like like almost free free fees, and then like the only expense there is um is 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 living costs for students. Yeah, and I I think it's Denmark. They even pay students an allowance while they're at uni. Yeah. So there is, I guess, so, there may, is, so maybe it isn't that. Invisible. Maybe it's not that outland, outlandish. And like, I think we're we're just a small economy, right? Like, we just don't have a lot of money right now. I think is the yeah. answer. I, there. I think it's a it's a big dream, which <clears throat> mm. I don't necessarily know if could work. Maybe it's a long term goal. Yeah, True. but the idea of writing off the cost of living component if you stay in the country for a while seems all right. That seems all right. I think that would incentivize people to stay. It really would. You you would get a lot more people staying in New Zealand. That is true. Okay, but it's just the cost benefit analysis of it. Okay, we spent a lot of time on the Murray Party policy, so let's move okay. straight onto the Act policy. There isn't much here. Yeah, it's basically just they want to cut taxes to everybody. They just want to cut taxes for everybody, and the argument is that that will help nurses who are in like one well, of their middle pay bands, and they will take home I don't know some amount of money more per year. What have they said? They've said that they get a three point three six percent pay increase from Act's proposed tax cut. So that's what like. <laughs> not much not a whole lot <laughs> that's funny sorry this isn't this isn't supposed to to be dogging on the act party but i do think that nurses are I mean, you know i, I think I, a lot of people acknowledge nurses are underpaid and then for the policy to be like if we give everybody a tax cut nurses get three percent pay increase yeah. i think i think that is marginally laughable it is if you say you value nurses particularly given that the tax cut will probably come out of the healthcare sector which means either less nurses or lower pay but <laughs> Yeah, basically, I, the, the, the the overall incentive, though, isn't just for nurses. It's just for everyone with a brain drain. And the idea is that if you make it cheaper for someone to live in the country by lowering yeah. taxes, they're more inclined to stay there. But I think that that in, is true. In the same breath, it is worth knowing that they pay a lot more on tax in Australia. And people are still going from New Zealand to Australia yeah. to pay a higher tax rate. And then that being said, people, like a massive incentive that exists to go to different countries is just like if they have way better like healthcare systems or like general um like public services – People like if it uh, that just adds significantly to the quality of life you can have in those countries, and that's still a big incentive. So you know, yeah, so like ta- paying... ta- tax or no tax, I don't yeah. think it changes massively. Oh, it might make it worse, make make it more appealing to live. Ironically, by cutting taxes, maybe. Yeah, I think I think that it can work both ways yeah. in that sense. No, I agree. So <clears throat> it's kind of unclear which way it will work. Yeah, but it is also <laughs> worth pointing out that tax cuts usually affect um, older people it's like they, they usually benefit older people more and people who go overseas are younger people why so, is that true tax cut only benefit the old well don't they, they benefit me they benefit you as well but like think about someone who's like been in their career for like 10 15 years and mm. is now earning a hundred thousand dollars a year versus you who was not earning anywhere near that so they're going to benefit a lot more from that tax cut whereas you're going to benefit a lot less especially since you're already paying a lower tax rate anyway mm, that's true i suppose whereas um yeah so it like so, yeah, it doesn't so, have a massive impact on us young people, and we're the ones who are going overseas mainly. So 
I don't know if it really would stop the brain drain. Yeah, yeah, true. But that's just that's just my take on it. So those are kind of the main party thoughts about the brain drain, about nurses, about how we're going to keep people in the country. Do you have any final thoughts, Andy? I know um, you do. I, I know do you actually. Do. I do actually. So, I was doing some research before this episode, <laughs> as always. And basically, um, in certain countries, and this is sort of like what we currently have in New Zealand, where you pay high, like you pay interest if you're outside the country for more than six months. Mm-hmm. In certain countries, because I make, I just like to say this really quickly, the interest rates that we pay on our student loans compared to other countries are really low. Mm. Right? Even if you're outside the country, the, the student loan, like the student loan interest rate is is pretty damn good. Yeah. But it, the student loan interest is really good. Mm. But there's basically an argument that if someone leaves the country for more than three years, they should basically pay a much higher interest rate because, you know, this money the government's put into them, the taxpayers given them, and they aren't giving it back, right? So they should pay a higher interest rate. And that just sort of incentivizes people to come back after three years. Mm. Like maybe we're talking like double the interest if you stay over, over three years, which, you know, does add up. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely an argument made on that end. And like there's other other policies like maybe bonding people who get a student loan to stay in the country for a while, but that's obviously not really good for people's autonomy. And the no. the OE the OE is a really <clears throat> big thing of part of New Zealand culture. Yeah, it is so true. People love to go overseas. Yeah. So there's definitely a whole bunch of policies back and forth about how to deal with the potentially the increase. Crisis. Yeah, potentially increase. Just figure out what's going on. Incentivize more people to come over here. Provide more support to people who want to come yeah. over here as nurses, healthcare workers, but basically essential people. Basically, to conclude. There is probably going to be an upsurge in immigration from New Zealand to Australia and more discussion about the brain drain and a lack of skills, most skilled workers in mm. the future. And there are definitely ways that the government is trying to do to address it, but no one has the silver bullet. Exactly. But, Nobody's willing to, to do it. Yes. But I would like to end with this <laughs> lovely quote from our former Prime Minister Muldoon. Sandy's been thinking about this the whole podcast. It's been rent-free in my head. Okay. So this was when he was campaigning for election, I think in like the 1980s. Do you want to say who Robert Muldoon is? Yeah, Muldoon, Muldoon, was, Muldoon was um, a national prime minister. He was prime minister um, during the Springbok tour in 1981. Mm. And I think this was during the 1980, uh, 1981 campaign. Mm. He was asked about, believe it or not, the brain drain and immigration to Australia. <laughs> oh no, he wants me to read it. Robert Muldoon once said, New Zealanders who leave Australia raise the IQ of both countries. So, ha, 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 ha. so that's funny. <laughs> it's, it's a fun quote. But anyway, um, hope you enjoyed and come back next time. My argument is that people who move to Australia are the lost cause anyway. <laughs> there, was a, there was a line like that in the Guardian article we were that's reading so before. Good. That, so well, that's not my take. That's in the Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week.